the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, finance, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Is there anything that you want to talk about today that deals with money? We could talk about how to create wealth. We could talk about how to protect wealth. We could talk about the stock markets and, and how it's been pretty damn wonderful pretty much so all year long. I know you're saying all year long. I just remember getting buzzed on New Year. Oh, my God. We're halfway through January. So we're 124th done with the year. We're getting older, and you only have 40 years to save for retirement. That's it. How did you do this year versus last year? How's it looking? Is your portfolio starting to add up? Is the house starting to get paid down? Where are you? Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The Dow's up 38 today. The Nasdaq's up 15. The S&P 500's up 5. Goldman Sachs' fourth quarter profit fell but beat expectations. Buyer interest leaves home builders a little less gloomy. This week, I've uh, worked my hiney off to get some uh, refis done. I'm not waiting for them to go lower. Stinks because you know one mortgage was six years old, one mortgage was three years old, and yeah, I got to spend you know thousand, two thousand dollars on the refi, whatever it be. But I'm also lowering my payment materially. Um, if I were a year or two years from retirement, I probably wouldn't do a refi. I probably wouldn't have time to recapture that. But I'll recapture everything within a year, two years most, on refis. Um, so yeah, I'm doing it. It stinks because yeah, down the road it's gonna change my taxable scenario. But uh, you know, one of the big headlines coming out this morning. And when I say it's gonna change my taxable scenario, before I go to more headlines, let me just say this very, very clearly and very, very succinctly. What I'm implying by that is, I love the tax write-off of a home. I unbelievably love it. I mean, it gets me happy. So the less interest I have to write off, the less, less I'll be able to lower my income tax. That's okay. Paying taxes isn't the worst thing in the world. 
So yesterday, Wells Fargo was up while Citigroup was down. Today, Goldman Sachs is up. We're in earnings season. Lots riding on earnings season. But yesterday, we saw some optimism in America. German economics, all positive. Spain's borrowing cost decreased at an auction. So we're feeling pretty good. We're up about 3% for the year. You know what I say? It's 124th done. So we're going to be up, what, almost 75% for the year? Somehow, I don't think that's going to happen. A couple um, ideas on today. We should you know, start fleshing it out a little bit. We uh, opened relatively flat. We got stronger. Sovereign bond yields in the Eurozone came down. Economic reports out of China show the economy is slowing in a very controlled fashion. Volatility is declining in the U.S. Labor market's improving. Corporate earnings, which have acted like off and keeping the bugaboos at bay, they're growing. They're doing nice. Most important fundamental consideration in an unappreciated market is earnings. So we'll talk about uh, earnings later on in the show and, and what it's actually looking like this quarter. Goldman's today posted a buck eighty-four, about a thirty percent drop in revenue, though. Goldman Sachs higher. Remark from the company CEO, and Goldman Sachs is huge. Is the company seeing encouraging signs of economies and markets improving? Um. So the Goldman News is constructive. There's some encouraging signs coming out of the semiconductor companies today. Linear Tech, LLTC, and Taiwan Semiconductor, TSM. You got reports about confidence growing in Greece, reaching a a dead haircut deal with some private creditors. Person familiar with talks. I hate that person. Used to pick on me in high school. He said the IMF is proposing to raise a lending capacity by about $500 billion in a preemptive effort to manage what is potential about a trillion-dollar financing gap in the next two years. So that preemptive nature of the IMF proposal is winning out over the pessimistic financing gap prediction for the time being. So back in the United States, PPI producer price index for December declined one-tenth of a percent on the back of an eight-tenths of a percent drop. So what you have there is non-inflationary. The one bottom line about stock markets, they drive off earnings. In between where it is in the daily performance and, and how it gets there, earnings. One thing I could tell you about the, you know, the silver bullet that can kill a good stock market is inflation. So when we see PPI producer prices go down, they, they don't have to you know, raise prices on you and me. The consumer price index is going to come out Thursday. If you exclude food and energy, the core PPI rose three-tenths of a percent. So a third increase stemmed from a nine-tenth percent increase in the price for light motor trucks. So it's not a sustainable number, those kind of jumps. So there will be a bit of a moderation. Again, it, it tells us that there's no right answers in economics. I wish there were. There's compromises. And you can look at a headline and, and twist it, come back to the very you know, core of that data. 
And on one hand, you like the headline. On the inside, you don't like the, the actual numbers. Yahoo's an interesting story today. Jerry Yang, one of the founders of the company, gone. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Stock's trading up about 2.4%. We'll talk about that. That's a big story today. I got an email from a single mother. We can hit that email up. Maybe that's a bad choice of words, huh? Um, I'm sorry. I embarrassed me, my family, generations of the blacks. We go back to Scotland and, and France. I apologize. I didn't mean that. That was a bad slip of the tongue, right? So if you want to drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. A home builder gauge has climbed to a four and a half year high. Shares of Apple starting to make a bit of a move right now. We'll talk about what that potentially means as it's starting to break towards an all-time high. And uh, what's that mean to you and me? I own shares of, of Apple. They're getting ready to report earnings soon. There's something that's going on in the world of business that uh, we'll talk about with Apple, probably coming up after the next break. One story that hit yesterday that I think we can say is down, that's not going to happen, is research in motion. Um, Samsung is denying rumors that they're interested in buying out the troubled smartphone maker. Samsung and other media outlets said the company has never reviewed and never will consider plans to take over research in motion. So shares jumped yesterday after the tech blog called Boy Genius ran a story citing unnamed sources that the two companies were discussing a possible sale. Here's that unknown sources. A person familiar with talks. Hey, everybody, I got a seminar coming up that I do want you to come to. I would love to meet you. It's right around the corner. Uh, it's a couple weeks away. It's going to be in Pleasanton from 6 to 9 p.m. Pleasanton, Four Points, Sheraton, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. You can learn more information at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's tied specifically towards retirement and wealth preservation. Take a break here on AM 1220, KDOW. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Breaking certified financial planner Chad Burton, take a look at today's market action. So far, the year is about 4% over, Chad, and we're up 3% for the year, almost 4% if you count today's gains. You expect us to be up about 70, 75% for the year at this pace? 70 to 75% for the year? Yeah. As far as the, the stock market, 70% for the year? Yeah, we're up already 3%. Factor that oh, oh, oh keep it going on a month-by-month basis. I see what you're saying. No, not at all. Okay, so there's going to be some <laughs> bad times around the corner. Well, no, I mean, you know, we've got to get out of 1350 up to 14 on the S&P 500 before, you know, we can say that, yeah, we've broken out of this trading range. 
remember we've been bouncing back and forth between kind of 11, 20 or so at the bottom to this number right here where we're at at the top. So we need to press through this with some certainty and have some certainty out of Europe before I want to get excited on a new, you know, growth phase, the bull market, put all my cash to work. So I've still got a little powder on the sidelines um, to get some proof on where I want to be. I think, uh, really, it is the issue of where we want to be in 2012 is it's still really a U.S. type of a situation where we're stable is best, where dividends are great. But it is going to be, it's, it's starting to become a termly crowded trade, and people are starting to forget about small caps and, and innovation that comes out of America. So, um, you know, don't forget about those areas as you put together portfolios going to 2012. So you and I are going to be doing a couple events coming up. Um, the first one, Pleasanton Four Point Sheraton. So we don't get to Pleasanton very often, once, twice a year, as far as, uh, you know, doing these events. So wealth right. preservation retirement planning. So over the next couple of days, in an effort to promote that, you're going to talk about bulletproof and retirement plan. You talk about a 357 plan. Is this one of those mumbo-jumbo voodoo numbers that you come up with to slickly market to people? No, no. And, and, you know, tomorrow I'll spend a lot more time on what the 357 plan is where you start with three years with the safe money and, and the way that you set up a portfolio will make that last five years and then a couple of alternative assets that will hedge up to seven years' worth of your income. But today I want to talk about, you know, two other quick ones. Um, First of all, is make sure by 65 you saved enough so that you can live off 4% of your income if you really want to bulletproof your retirement. If you, if you haven't saved that and you're, you're 65 and you're, you know, pulling 7 to 10%, you're, you're going to run into problems. But specifically with sitting home right now because of a close friend that's dealing with this is long-term care. Um, people get through retirement and they, they get to the point where I'm retired, I don't want to deal with insurance anymore. And they hear about long-term care insurance maybe once or twice and then they forget about it and then they get to be 75, 80, and they wish they had it. Okay. Um, knowing that, you know, long-term care is expensive, knowing that it's um, not always needed, people sometimes do sidestep it. Now, you don't sell long-term care insurance, but you believe in it. When will you actually start pulling the, the trigger on it for yourself, and, and why do you believe in it? Well, I'll probably do it, you know, fairly early because um, I've got a grandfather that, uh, you know, basically died of renal failure, had kidney issues. Um, he made it to 82, though, but I had his sister, same thing, renal failure. Um, my own mom has had some issues that, you know, early onset of, of diabetes issues. So, uh, you know, I've got some family history that says you play hard and, uh, <laughs> and your body pays for it, you know what I mean? So I'll, I'll probably start looking at it as a, as a group plan for a company once I'm, you know, 55 or so. Um, I'll buy it early. If people are 55 and they're not maxing out their 401k or maxing out a Roth, then it, you probably want to wait until you're about 60 to 65. But I mean, here's the deal. I, you know, I started in the business, Rob, with my grandfather, and he retired from basically a neighborhood bank and had neighborhood-type clients that had saved just enough to retire. And the first couple of years of my business, I swear, it was like every day we were getting calls of, hey, my wife or my husband has gone into a nursing home how are we going to pay for this? It's four or $5,000 a month. Medicare isn't covering it. What do we do? And now I've got a close friend that's dealing with her grandparents because she's a nurse, and so they're looking to her to help find what level of care do I need, how are we going to pay for this, how do we fill out the VA forms. It's a complete nightmare. It's been a full-time job for three weeks trying to get grandparents cared for the right way, and it wouldn't have been 
such an issue if they had long-term care insurance because there'd be somebody coming to the house to take care of them and nobody would have to be stressing out about it. With that said, you know, talking about the whole world that we're, we're talking about is, you know, you said you're going to think you're going to need it. I kind of don't think I'm going to need it. <laughs> you're um, just going to keel over. You're going to keel over your microphone on the air and just be done. Well, finishing, finishing that sentence, I, I tend to believe that for most Americans, most men, it's, it's more of a woman's issue than a man's issue. Um, because women tend to outlive men. Women tend to you know, love men and take care of them and do the long-term care for them, just like my mom did for my dad. And now my poor mom, she's been in you know, a home three times in the last five years. Yeah. Um, so I, in my life, I see it as more of a woman's issue than a man's issue. But how crazy am I with that concept? And, you know, talking I mean, about how the government getting involved. My mom's got great benefits, so she doesn't really need it because the military is pretty great. But anyway, I'll let you talk. It is. but in, And then at the same time, though, those the VA forms that, you know, people have to fill out, it's, it's really a full-time job to be a senior these days. you got low interest rates and you got a lot of medical issues that you have to deal with. Um, but, you know, to go back to that, it's one of those things where, if, if you're a baby boomer or you're, you're, you're in your 40s, you're going to be having to help your parents deal with this as well. So make sure you talk to your parents about it because it's just nothing. I mean, you've got to be in a skilled nursing facility. You've got to have three days of a hospital stay. If you're going to get any Medicare coverage, after that you're on your own. In, in California, the Bay Area, you're talking five grand to, to ten grand a month for skilled nursing facilities if you're you know, trying to save private care. It's so expensive, and you know it blows up a portfolio really quickly because people can barely save enough these days, Rob, to get to to the point where they can live off four or five percent of their income at sixty five. Right. And then if you go into a nursing home for three years, you know that's that's three hundred thousand dollars or more that's gone out of the portfolio. So if you've got a younger spouse, and typically the younger spouse, you know, they're they're going to live longer. So yeah, husband goes in, blows up a bunch of money, and then then passes away, and then wife is left with with very little to live on. Or you got the second marriages where, you know, they have a younger wife. I mean, hey, younger wife, make sure your husband's got the long-term care, vice versa, because, you know, you've got to make sure that the portfolio lasts for the younger person's age 100. Um, it, you know, it's the problem with, with saying it's just a woman's issue is the problem is, Rob, is that when people go in, you know, they've been married for a long time, one spouse goes in, the other spouse tends to pass away a lot sooner because they're miserable and lonely where if they got long-term care insurance, they could have stayed at home and had somebody coming to their house and taking care of both of them. I'm with you. you. Know I mean? I'm with you. So um, with that said, Chad, you got a seminar coming up. Uh, we got about 30 seconds. You want to plug it real quick for us? Yeah, I mean, it goes from everything to how do you figure out how much you're going to spend in retirement, all the health care issues, to transfer that into how do you change your portfolio from wealth accumulation to wealth distribution and set that up so you're rebalancing the right way every year, you have enough safe money. And you have a plan to get to this uh, economic cycle we're in that has extremely low interest rates. You can find Chad. He's the only financial planner that I recommend and that I work very closely with at newfocusfinancial.com. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. You're listening to AM 1220 KDOW. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This are now open 800-516-1220 that's 800-516-1220 now back to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I hope you appreciate what I try to put together. Not the easiest show to coordinate. Markets are doing well. We're in earnings season. Earnings season tends to be what's referred to as a catalyst. Uh, will the market spark higher? Will we get it? Well, we're at 1300 on the S&P 500. Big round number. Some people like big round numbers. I don't. Again, I'm, you know, 30-something. <laughs> um, I'm not ready to retire. I don't care where the Dow is today. I care where it is 20 years from now. I don't care where the S&P is. I don't care where the German markets are. I don't like if you're near retirement or in retirement, you care. I've got older brothers who care. I don't. I'm an accumulator. Now, fortunately, I'm not a pack rat in my home. I'm much more of a, uh, how shall we put it? How shall we put it? A paper accumulator or online accumulator. So my accounts are online, you know. I accumulate shares of Apple. I'm thrilled that I own shares of Apple. Apple's kind of in a make or break scenario right now. They're traded at about 427. They are so close to their all-time high. $428.08 it hit today. In the last 52 weeks, it's hit 427.75. So today it hits an all-time high. Should I sell? Are we going to look at this and say you're going to go down in a blaze of glory? Yesterday I tweeted out a chart of the day. Um, Apple. It's the world's biggest PC maker if you include iPads. Okay, wait. Stop. Stop. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Apple is the world's biggest PC maker? If you include the iPad, you can see that Apple and Lenovo are the only PC makers with real growth. So I'm, I've got over a million plus dollars in Apple. I've got almost two million in Apple. Last year up 25%, boom. It's way too much up in Apple. I know that. Why include the iPad as a PC? When you look at the statistics, it's because it can do just about everything a PC does. Now, it's not a great and fair chart, but the only two companies showing any growth right now in the world of computing are Apple and Lenovo. When you go back to 2008, 15 million plus units, quarterly talking, HP, haven't moved a bit. Dell, slightly higher as far as units sold. But Lenovo has gone from about 6 million all the way up to 12 million. And Apple's gone from about, oh, good golly, about 2.5 million a quarter all the way up to about 20 million a quarter. It's pretty impressive. So you're saying, Rob, please, 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 how can I get such a, a, a chart of the day? Go to uh, my webpage or no, no, no. Just go to Twitter. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show at Twitter. And, uh, I will tweet it out to you. While you're there, I also have a YouTube channel called Rob Black Show. 
Rob Black Show. So search for that and subscribe to it. I'm trying to build the subscribers to 2,000 because good things happen to people when you get 2,000. Once I get 2,000, I'll, I'll go knock on the door of who will I knock on the door of? Google, Facebook, a couple other companies and say, hey, do you want videos of the day? I'll talk to the people at um, Salem and say, do you want a video of the day for your website town hall? And, uh, you know, I don't charge for this stuff. You know, I don't make a dime off of it. It costs me money, to be quite honest with you. It's a vanity project. Speaking of vanity projects, I think that is something fair that we can say. You know, some people say that they're an author. I'm an author. I've written many, many books. I have an agent, and I worked with HarperCollins, a real company. A lot of people refer to themselves as published authors, best-selling authors, and they're not. What it is, it's a vanity project. You, too, can be a published author if you're willing to pay someone to print it for you. It's kind of bogus when you hear about that, right? In my opinion. Gunmen kill five tourists in Ethiopia. I never like seeing headlines like that. Two tourists from Germany, one from Austria, were amongst the five killed in an attack in Ethiopia near the border. Can you imagine you're on vacation? To me, again, Ethiopia, probably not the world's greatest vacation hut in the world. So, Let's talk about uh, a little bit on Apple, because I've been talking about it this segment, and I want to flush it out for you. Shares of Apple are up on positive comments today and estimate increases. Catalysts include tomorrow's education event in New York City. Apple's going to say something tomorrow in New York City tied towards education. Will it be textbooks for free? Will it be textbooks on the iPad? Will it be uh, development tools to make it easier? We get the holiday quarter results on Tuesday, January 24th, six days from now. The iPhone upgrade cycles and adoption continues. Update to the iPad coming shortly. These are all catalysts. More penetration into China and emerging markets. Evolution and reconception of Apple TV. Platforms such as Siri, mobile advertising. Books and publishing, gaming and mapping, social. The one area that I think Apple's really lacking for me is uh, mapping. I drive a lot, and uh, I just don't—I don't feel it's there. Like Google, Google does a lot of things right. You know, for the human Ewok Wozniak to come out and say that Google does voice better than Apple does voice. A lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people don't realize when you're talking to Siri or when you're talking to Google Voice, on, on a Google Android phone, if you have one in the last two, three years, on any text box, you can talk, and it'll translate what you're saying and put it into text. It does it pretty well. Um, now, it doesn't have that whole feature of send email to Rob. It, it does, but I don't, it doesn't market it well. With that said... I don't know if you realize this, but when you're talking to your phone, and maybe I can get Anthony just to throw out a yes or no at me, 
Do you realize that when you're talking to Siri or you're talking to your phone that it's, it gets on the Internet? It's going back to Apple. It's translating and sending it back to you. And that's part of the whole data bandwidth hog that's going on. It's not your phone processing it. It's a little bit of your phone processing it. But um, lots and lots of... Um, data being crunched. And I think that's, again, that's one of the big stories that we have right now is companies like Cisco, they're not going out of business because companies like Apple keep coming up with new ways to push business, to push data. Verizon and AT&T, poor them. You and I, we just want it to work and we want it to work now. And they have to keep getting new equipment and somehow pass on the cost to us. Now, again, I'm not saying poor them because they make billions of dollars. I'm saying poor them because they have to look like they don't make billions of dollars while providing something seamless to you and me. Let's take a look at the stock market today. The big stories that are out there. See if anything's breaking. Overseas markets were mixed today. The euro is gaining ground against the dollar. Do you want me to say the dollar? Can I say the greenback? Because I like saying the greenback. It makes me kind of sexy. Makes me kind of feel like... uh, I'm authentically foreign. I was born overseas. I grew up overseas. Um, my name's not Mo. <laughs> my name's Rob. Robert. I was born to a. I was born in a military family. So, anyway, off topic. So the the euro is gaining against the greenback, and there's a report that the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, wants to increase their lending capacity because they know they're going to need it. Goldman Sachs and U.S. Bancorp post upside earnings expectations, but other financial outfits come up short of expectations. This is a great and fun market to watch right now. In large part, we need the banks to really move higher, but we don't need all the banks to move higher. So some of the banks like Citigroup and and Bank of America, they haven't quite found their way out of their slough yet. And uh, it's fun. You know, I'd own Morgan's... I'd own Goldman Sachs for the long-term patient investor. I would own... What else would I own? Wells Fargo, Regions Financial. There's some good names out there. You know, when we're talking about made in America, I found this interesting. How much Chinese goods do you think you and I consume? Not Chinese food. By the way, hot and sour soup. Love it. Because it's both hot and sour. Okay, Chinese goods. How much Chinese goods do you think the United States consumer spends? How much U.S. made in the USA? Okay, think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. I'll have that answer for you when we come back off break. How's that for a tease? You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. The Dow's up 59. The Nasdaq's up 21. The S&P 500 up 500. You want to see where I'll be? Go to robblack.com. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome 
in to Rob Black, your money on Rob Black. Just wicked myself because I like to do that. Seeing what the kids have to say about me in the world of free information, free knowledge. Wikipedia has gone black for the day for 24 hours trying to raise awareness. Talk about how we need to talk to Congress. Considering legislation that could fatally damage the free and open internet. A day without Wikipedia. It was a couple years ago. Pretty scathing documentary, even though it wasn't meant to be scathing. It wasn't really meant to be a documentary. So it's neither scathing nor documentary is what I'm trying to say. A day in life without an illegal alien. Where we'd have to fry our own food and pick our own strawberries and mow our own lawns. Pretty interesting. I know some people ask me, Rob, what's your favorite animal? Mine's pretty much still a leaguer. It's part lion, part tiger. It's mixed. It's bred for its skills and magic. Thought I'd pass that on in case anyone wants to write that down in case there's a trivia question later in the show in order to raise big bucks. Got to go knock up Wanda and see if she can't give me some, uh, some freebies to hand out. Not a lot of big stories today. Wholesale prices in the U.S. unexpectedly decline. Markets are higher. We're having a good year. We're, we're bucking the negative trend. Google rallies opposition to that anti-piracy bill. Goldman Sachs profit drops 58%. Now we know why banks haven't been moving, because they've been frozen. They're not doing business, so their stock's not moving. Goldman Sachs, the fifth biggest bank by assets, had profit dropped 58%, but they still earned a billion dollars. They're cutting compensation as a way of making sure that... uh. They show shareholders, we're still still doing okay. We're still doing okay. Don't stress about us. So Chinese goods, I hear this often. Damn Chinese, they own America. Remember back in the 1980s, we said the same thing about Seattle, about the Seattle Mariners, about New York City. We are upset with the Japanese. We're invading our country and uh, buying up some of our franchises and our buildings and our monuments. Now we have a kind of a fear of China. So I thought I would purport to you. What amount of Chinese goods are U.S. consumers spending on? What's your guess? 2.7%. Ancient Chinese secret is... It's not that much. Amount of goods in the United States that are made in the United States, 88.5%. And since much of the cost of Chinese-made goods is from items such as transportation and marketing, the imported value of Chinese-made goods counts for only 1.9% of our consumer spending. Goods with the Made in China label have the largest concentration within durable goods categories, Counting for about 12% of the purchases. So, motor vehicles. 
Um, not much, about 1.2%. Furniture, 20%. That's the, the high category that makes you go, oof. U.S. consumers' dollars being spent from made-in-China tags, 35% are tied towards clothing and shoes. So clothing, shoes, furniture, and household equipment. Everything else starts to kind of fall nominally. I thought that was interesting. I, did, don't, I do not think, hi oh, that you expected that. I think you were expecting a much bigger number. Or maybe I'm wrong. I should go look at toys, huh? That'd be interesting to see if I could find toys, toys, food, clothing, gas, household operation, transportation, recreation. Oh, recreation? Eh, no. I guess it's probably coming down into other durables because it's about 11%. So anyway, now I digress. Now I digress. Let's take a quick look at the stock market numbers. We've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 61 points. It's 61.61. The Nasdaq's up 22. Dow's at 12,538. The Nasdaq's at 2750. The S&P 500 up 7 points, sitting at 1301. 1301. So we have a positive day going all around on Wall Street. We are in earnings season. Uh, Jerry Yang leaving Yahoo has left that stock in a scenario that it could go higher. A lot of people think that he was the guy who turned down Microsoft's $35 offer a few years ago. Jerry Yang's exit from Yahoo removes one of the last vestiges of a management team chided by investors for failing to find a buyer and negotiate a sale of stakes in its Asian assets. Now that co-founder and one-time chief executive Yang has cut his leadership ties... Newly appointed CEO Scott Thompson has a little bit more reign to unwind the company's part ownership in the Alibaba Group Holdings. So he's been perceived to be an impediment. He co-founded Yahoo with David Philo in 1995 when they were doctoral students at Stanford. He helped create the world's most popular website. Had a market cap of over $100 billion at one point in time. CEO Carol Bartz really did nothing. Scott Thompson comes in from eBay's PayPal unit. Will he be able to transform the company? Will the company from become internet superhighway roadkill? Don't know. Okay, I got a seminar coming up at robblack.com. It's going to be in Pleasanton. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's coming up three Thursdays from now, February 2nd, Pleasanton, Four Points Sheraton Hotel. Young Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take a break here. I'll be right back. It's that time again. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event with me and CFP Chad Burton. When? Thursday, February 2nd, 6 to 9. Where? Pleasanton, Four Points, Sheraton. Sign up at robblack.com. We'll cover diversification, tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips, how to pull money out of the market, economic outlook, portfolio structure, and much, much more. All questions answered. Thursday, February 2nd, 6 to 9. Pleasanton, Four Points, Sheraton. Sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money 
your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in to Rob Black and Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? We could talk about anything. I try to hold no punches. I try to help get you to retirement. I try to be honest and show you how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, what the angle is there for you. Long term, what's the best way to, to make money? I think it's to accumulate wealth and not try to hit home runs. Now, you can try to hit a home run. And I get questions from you all the time saying, how do you do it? I don't think it's that easy, first and foremost. And I think when people try to do it themselves, they get into a lot of trouble. You have to have a background as, in my opinion, a CFA, a certified financial analyst. Day traders, show me one that's worth a million dollars that didn't get worth a million dollars by selling you a trading system. I've never met one. Show me a day trader or a soccer mom or a stay-at-home dad who trades while in between dropping off their kids at school who's worth $500,000 in investments. I've never met one. I've asked for them. I said, anyone that can beat the stock market five years in a row day trading, come work for me and I'll pay you six figures. I have that kind of money. I want you on my team. I've chose to work with people like Chad Burton because I know the right way to get it wealthy. He knows the right way to protect wealth. If you're a day trader who's got a track record, and it doesn't have to be audited because when people say they have an audited track record, they're lying. For someone to have an audited track record when they have thousands of clients, there's no way because all thousands of those clients would have to be audited. And that would cost an accountant hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, looking how to pick stocks, a CFA, I think, is the right idea. People could take local community college classes on finance, learn how to analyze balance sheet and income statement, cash flows. There's a pretty good series of little books that do a nice job of covering topics in money management, finance, picking stocks. The little book that still beats the market by Joel Greenblatt is nice. The little book of sideways markets by Vitaly Katznellen. Say that one fast without biting off your tongue. Vitaly talks about an active value investment strategy which holds a lot of water. The Intelligent Investor by Graham. I think uh, we'll teach you a, a, an enormous amount. That's you know Warren Buffett's go-to book, or that's what he said. For metrics, you know I like top-line revenue growth, free cash flow, a lot more than earnings. 
your W-2s don't tell lies. Your earnings tell lies. How much revenue a company has, it's t- well, okay, that may could be wrong. It, you can lie on revenue, but you can't lie on cash. Usually revenue doesn't lie. Balance sheet information, assets, liabilities, interest coverage, dividends, dividend payout ratios, historical P.E., price-to-sales ratio. These are all things that you need to know. And then you combine that with the headline news. You know, Goldman Sachs, U.S. Bancorp, post-upside earnings surprise. Other financial outfits are coming up short of expectations. Oil broke through $102 mark per barrel. Apple hit an all-time high today. European markets mixed, but the euro uh, gained a little ground today. Only area that I'm seeing some weakness in today is commercial printing, tobacco, some custody-type banks. Oil's doing well, oil fields, oil drilling, refining, electronic components, manufacturing, semiconductor, semiconductor equipment, wireless telecommunication, investment banking, brokerage, all leading the stock market higher. Speaking of which... Need to take a quick look at the old stocky market, don't I? I know you're saying stock market. I'm not stocky market. Stock market. Stop making up words. Dow's up 59, up one half of 1%. NASDAQ's up 21, up almost eight tenths of a percent. S&P 500's flirting with 1300. It's at 1301. Isn't flirting the best thing in the world? Makes you feel youthful. But again, I'm showing some of my psychological issues. What do you want to talk about today? Do you want to talk about the big stories that are out there? Because there's certainly plenty. We're in earnings season. Stocks are advancing. Google's rallying opposition today to an anti-piracy bill. Google's using their online clout to stoke opposition to Hollywood-backed anti-piracy measures. Basically, Google is being criticized by Hollywood that there's websites out there that you can watch full movies, full TV shows, that the media companies that created them don't get paid for. And you can go Google pirate video websites, and I bet you something comes up, and Google... They'll take a little advertising money from these companies, and these companies will place a little bit of advertising Google ads inside their websites for eyeballs. It's worth note, you know, is a, who, do you, who do you side with here? Do you want a web that's wide open? Do you want a web that's limited? I'm not answering that one for you. It's none of my damn business to, to, have, to be in your, your morality. Although I'd like it to be, it's it's none of my business. Now, you may say too soon, and I may say topical. Carnival Cruise Line shares, they've been hit pretty hard recently. Is it a buying opportunity? It's what we know on Wall Street as bad news bull. Carnival Cruise is certainly not going to go out of business anytime soon. They get into a situation where some people died. A boat looks like the freaking freaking Titanic. I mean, when you see videos of this thing, you're like, please don't let the sharks eat the people, please. 
And then you realize it's like not that deep of water and like the fact that people died just show you that there was a horrible emergency plan. So Carnival Cruise Corporations, based out of Miami, Florida, the owner of or the the CEO and you know big guy at Carnival Cruise owns Miami Heat. That's reason to hate the company. The company is the world's number one cruise operator. Total passenger capacity of over 190,000 through 100 ships. This was driver error. This was a, a captain who got a little bit too cocky. This is not a company. This should bounce back. 11 people have died, 24 missing. Maybe that's higher today. But recently, you saw shares fall. And, you know, is it too soon to talk about it? I don't know. I am morally not that person. My father passed away from cancer. I own tobacco stocks. I have no problem with that. It may make me cruel and cold and insensitive, possibly. When I pass, I'll, I'll make sure to give some money to the Lung Foundation. Or as I get wealthier and start winding down my wealth. It's kind of a cruise day, not really doing much, trading up 68 cents. Before the accident, it was a $35 stock that fell to 30 Is that enough of a buying opportunity for you? I don't know. Hey, everyone, I got a seminar coming up very, very soon. You can sign up for it today. It's three Thursdays from now in Pleasanton, Four Points Sheraton, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, 6 to 9 p.m. It's a Thursday evening. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money. You can find me on YouTube. I just started a YouTube channel about 10 days ago. And uh, you can find it, Rob Black Show, and subscribe to it, as well as Twitter, AM 1220, KDOW. AM 1220, KDOW traffic. Phone lines are now open. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back again, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Wikipedia is shutting down in opposition to an anti-piracy bill today. That's interesting. Stocks are advancing after a housing report this morning. Moving the S&P 500 to its highest level since last July. We started off last year scorching hot. Tech shares have rallied. A report showed that confidence amongst home builders exceeded economists' forecasts. A gauge of chip makers led the gains in the S&P 500 amongst 24 groups. Yahoo's up 2% on Jerry Yang's exit. Pulte Homes and Lennar have added 4%. They're uh, helping the home builders today move higher as a group. Earnings and momentum is slowing somewhat, but we're still seeing growth. The employment numbers keep moving in the right direction very slowly. It's a good thing. On the other hand, the IMF is out there today proposing a way to raise its lending capacity by $500 billion to insulate the world economy against any worsening of Europe's debt crisis. That's a double-edged sword. I kind of think all swords are double-edged, aren't they? Nah, I guess not. Maybe some... Only have a blade cutting saw on one side, but I like my swords double-edged. 
But the IMF said that a double-edged sword is being proposed. You know, they want to raise lending by $500 billion. On one edge, it does manage the risks. On the other hand, you wonder, what the hell do they know that we don't know? Nine out of ten industry groups are higher today. It's tough to be a loser in this market. Bank of New York, loser, down 4%. The world's biggest custody bank. They said earnings declined 26% on a restructuring charge and lower revenue from businesses tied towards financial markets. Target. They're down today. The second largest U.S. discount retailer said it suspended a planned sale of its credit card business. We are in earnings season. Really kicks off next week. Hardcore. So far, companies that beat analyst expectations are an exception. Not the rule. Only 47.1% of companies in the S&P 500 that posted quarterly results between December 1 and yesterday exceeded projections. Citigroup and J.P. Morgan are amongst those that trailed expectations. So-called Positive surprises have surpassed 50% at a comparable point in every other quarterly report for the last four years. So we're used to beating. But maybe some of these early reports are saying you're going to disappoint a little bit. How does Wall Street handle that disappointment? I haven't mentioned this in a while. I love you. Um, 3.9 million unemployed for a year. How does that make you feel just talking about it for a second? Just you and me. When you hear 3.9 million Americans have been unemployed for a year, it's the most severe in Memphis, Tennessee. Move! That's, uh... Sam Kennison once said, these poor Ethiopians, they have no food. They live in a desert. Then he's like, desert? Move! Oh, 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 move! And I know it's not that easy. Um, but when you take a look at, you know, the map of the United States, and you look at where most severely long-term unemployment is, there's some areas, Central California, but there's some areas tied towards uh, uh, the, the Northeast that are a little higher than expected. But the really systemic problem in the United States is where you live. In my opinion, Memphis, Detroit, Chicago. That area has the most severe long-term unemployment. The greatest increases, Tampa, Nashville, Charlotte. The areas with the least severe long-term unemployment, New Orleans, Tulsa, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Austin. Okay, let's say I'm an electrician and my wife is a masseuse. That'd be pretty sexy. First and foremost, women love guys with tools. <laughs> um, if they know how to use said electric tools. Pretty big if. But 
say I have a sexy wife who's a masseuse and I'm an electrician and I hear the areas with the best employment numbers in America, New Orleans, Tulsa, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Austin, goodbye. I'm gone. I'm not waiting around. You don't have to tell me twice. If you're having trouble finding work in where you are right now, consider moving. You know, I've already said it Wednesday that this year is already 4% over. And I know you think I'm kidding when I say that. But that's, that's, I've never done the math on 40 years by 12 months. I don't think you'd care for me if I did. But let's just say it's over 400 months. 480? Um, That's all your life of income. That's it. That's it. If you're not earning money where you are today, I think you need to consider moving. Is that insensitive of me? No. If you've been unemployed for a year, you've, you've lost 2% of your, your earning years. Oh, I hate seeing stories like this. Actually, I kind of like seeing stories like this, but I don't like seeing stories like this. Nationally known ice climbers dead after a fall. Sad news for the world of extreme sports. Nationally famous ice climber Jack Roberts died after falling 60 feet in a climb. I don't understand people who have that. There's a guy who free climbs, free scales, or I don't even know what it is. It's crazy. Um, He fell with a broken hip. Some internal injuries, went into cardiac arrest, died on the scene. It's tragic. But I think we all knew it was coming. Like, you could only only do extreme stuff so many times before it catches you. So that's sad news today. Hopefully you had life insurance. I know you're saying, did you just turn that story into a life insurance twist on term life? Yeah. Hopefully he earned enough in his lifetime that his spouse or his loved one's taken care of till the day she dies. Or maybe she was the breadwinner. Let's not be sexist, Mr. Black. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Don't forget I got a seminar coming up in Pleasanton in three Thursdays. So time is running out to sign up for it. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I've got a couple uh, websites, uh, Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, and Google, uh, YouTube, Rob Black Show, AM 1220, KDOW. Call Rob Black now. 800 516 That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investment, or what's your financial question of the day? I'm Rob Black. Don't be shy. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. 
Goldman has shed 2,400 jobs in 2011, headcount down 7% from 2010, pays down 15%. They're going to keep cutting costs. There's a story today which uh, I find funny, Uh, but this is the society we live in. Celebrity chef Paula Deen's decision to become a pitch woman for a diabetes drug is leaving a bad taste in the mouth of, of experts. She's a Food Network star known for her fat-laden recipes. She has type 2 diabetes. She's had it for about three years, but she signed on to be the spokesperson for Novo Nordisk's diabetes drug, Victoza. Obesity increases people's risk for type 2 diabetes. Novo Nordisk is launching a new market campaign featuring her to show off healthy recipes. You know, you can make lasagna with low-fat ingredients, but what the hell's the point, I say? I know, I know. There's a lot of new technology that's um, doing a really good job of monitoring our diabetes. I did a post recently on Facebook. No, I'm sorry, on YouTube, where I was talking about Diabetes and the cure for cancer. And how we as a society, we want the next cure for cancer. We desperately want it. We want to find it. We want to invest in it. I think you need to be incredibly cautious in large part. There was a new study that came out that brought new hope for people with type 1 diabetes. It's tied towards controlling your autoimmunity. People think that it could reverse diabetes. The system, it, it re-educates rogue immune systems. I can't say the word rogue without thinking of that. That Sarah Palin woman, she can't, won't get out of my head. But it helps re-educate rogue immune system cells. It allows cells in the pancreas to start producing insulin again. That's a pretty crazy statement. So the average daily dose of insulin dropped almost 39% after 12 weeks for the group with some beta cell function and 25% in those with no beta cell function at all. That's amazing. So people who had no insulin in their body, no ability to produce it, were suddenly producing it again. It combines your immune system cells with stem cells. And uh uh-oh, there we go. That's a little bit of the drama. Save the drama for your mama, as Mr. T once told me. Uh, tied towards the donor's cord blood. It even worked in people with long-standing diabetes who were believed to have no insulin. So the treatment didn't wean anyone off insulin completely, but average blood sugar levels dropped significantly, which would reduce the ter- long-term complications of diabetes. The same exact treatment can be used in other autoimmune diseases, such as lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. Now, you got to be cautious on this because... Follow-up has to be done. Long-term studies have to be done. Making sure it doesn't grow a, a head on your you know, back has to be figured out. So not quite there yet. I remember a couple years ago I went on vacation and there was a headline before I did that talked about a cure for cancer. Someone had, and this was 1996, company that started with the letter E, and I forget the name, but uh, everyone was super excited. 
You know, I picked up a pack of cigarettes at the airport and decided to start smoking because there was going to be a cure for cancer, right? Kidding, I didn't really do that. Don't send me letters. But investing in that kind of stuff's tough. Because what if someone else beats you to the punch? What if, how do you invest in a scientist? It's pretty tough. Do you know that your scientist is actually on to something or are you just guessing? Guessing will make you a poor man. So analyzing a company that has no revenue, that has scientists, that has you know microscopes, that has studies early on, it's almost guessing. Now, if you wait, you're going to be a little late to the game. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. There's a way to do it, though. You can invest in a biotech ETF where you're buying 100 biotech companies hoping that some of them cure cancer and some of them cure baldness and some of them cure rheumatoid baldness and rheumatoid cancer. You're hoping. Protest on the web, you shut down. It's taking on two piracy bills today. Buyer interest is leaving home builders a little less gloomy. It's one of those headlines that's out there. It's, it's a good headline. Increased interest by potential buyers left home builders less pessimistic about the housing market for the fourth straight month. Tighter lending standards are keeping a lot of those buyers from purchasing new homes. National Association of Home Builders, Wells Fargo's Builder Sentiment Index, rose four points to 25 in January. That's the highest level since June 2007. Last year, the number of people who bought new homes fell to its lowest level on records going back nearly half a century. People are in a position now to benefit from lower prices and lower mortgage rates. I told you, I finally got off my butt, and I finally did a refinance on two of my properties. You shall too. I don't know. Do I think rates go lower? It's tough to say. So it would take something really bad for rates to go lower. Every now and then I see headlines that I want to share with you that kind of just make me angry. And I decide not to do it because why all the anger? Uh, One of the better websites out there, um, one of the better tools to educate yourself if I get kicked off air if I have a massive coronary is Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. New York Times, I think, is wonderful. NY Times. Barron's, B-A-R-R-O-N-S.com. I think you would benefit from picking up some uh, financial classes on accounting. I think... uh, Value Line does a wonderful job if you can afford it. If you can afford it, you could probably afford a financial planner or a financial analyst. It's not cheap. Uh, ValueLine.com, it's it's one of the better sites out there for looking at a company and looking at the metrics that are important that I talked about a little earlier in the show. A lot of people like this time of year to say, let's 
invest in blah, blah, blah because of last year. One of the areas that should do well this year is energy. I talked about oil at $102 a barrel today. There's no way that oil's not going to do well. Should you invest in Chevron Texaco? Ticker symbol CVX, maybe. Yields about 3%, but it's conservative. If you're looking for something more sexy, start by looking at an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, like an XLE, and, and maybe you start comparing these companies. Maybe you start learning a whole energy sector. The drillers, the major integrated, the natural gas plays, the equipment plays. Real estate, dead-in-the-water home values have their opposite number in rentals. So rentals are doing very, very well. There's a company called Camden Property Trust, ticker symbol CPT, Avalon Bay, ticker symbol AVB, Equity Residential EQR. I think the dollar has a good year this year versus the euro. So far, I've been right about that. I think, you know, strong demand for corporate and municipal bonds, both of which are odds-on to have another profitable year. The international exchange rate hasn't declined despite all of the Treasury's borrowing. I pick your emerging markets carefully. I think there's opportunities in emerging markets, but, you know, sleek high-rise construction, new cars... You know, the headlines out of China are, are nice, but don't get too caught up. You know, it's sizzling economic growth story, not always going to be permanent. Russia's on the verge of some political upheaval. Brazil registered no growth in the third quarter. Inflation in India and China starting to ease, which indicates weakness by their standards. Procter & Gamble, ticker symbol PG, Unilever, ticker symbol UN. They make a lot of daily necessities. They do business here and there. Always make sure you have a defensive strategy somewhere near. That's my advice for 2012. Generically speaking, of course. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. See where we are today. We got the Dow up 41, the NASDAQ up 22, the S&P 500 up 6. 10-year Treasury sits at 1.86%. Got a seminar coming up in Pleasanton. Sign up soon. Uh, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. It's a Thursday night, 6 to 9. It's three Thursdays from now, so a little more than two weeks. Sign up today at robblack.com, robblack.com. Don't forget I got a YouTube channel you subscribe to, Rob Black Show. I got a Twitter account, Rob Black Show. Take a break here. We'll be right back. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black wrapping up the show for the day. Got an email recently from Billy. Billy, don't lose my number. 
Billy. Says he's got a quick question for me. I have a HELOC that is prime minus two right now, which means I can get money out at 2.25%. I plan to take $100,000 from my HELOC and create a following income portfolio of around 3%. Is that a good idea? Now, he basically asked me for an income portfolio, and I sent him a copy of an income portfolio. On December 30th, I read through a list of some exchange-traded fund portfolios, one income, one growth, one growth in income, one balanced, one emerging markets, and things like that. And he took my income portfolio, and he kind of shoved it back in my face, and he says, you know, hey, this income portfolio can earn, you know, 5.3%. He's looking for 3%. Uh... Should he take money from one loan to invest in it? Like, that's like taking money from a student loan to buy a stock. What if it doesn't work out for you? Cash is not meant to be an investment. Cash is meant to be cash. A teeny tiny bikini is not meant to cover up a lot. It's meant to be a teeny tiny bikini. So the protection of cash... It's like a burlap sack compared to a teeny tiny bikini. You're going to get sunburned in a teeny tiny bikini. You're not going to get sunburned wearing a, a, a burlap sack. The thought there is, is your cash needs to be liquid. You need to be able to get to it. He's trying to steal from Peter to pay Paul. He's trying to take one loan to fund one income. And that's great if it works out for you. If it doesn't, you messed up big. This is a game of don't mess up. This is not a game of win big. Play the game and you'll win. Try to hit a home run and you're going to get into trouble. Claudia sent me an email to rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. Claudia says, I recently acquired life insurance. I own a home. I'm a single mother of 20-month-old twins. My finances are very tight. I was told I needed a living trust. I've looked into it. I can't afford it. Please help. Is LegalZoom okay? LegalZoom would be better than nothing. A will would be better than nothing. A trust would be better than nothing. Claudia, I don't know you. I don't know how old you are. I don't know your plans for your children. I don't know... Like, you said you're a single mother. Does that mean you know the father or you don't know the father? If you died, would you want the kids to go to the father? Would you want the kids to go to your mother? If you're going to try to keep them away from the parent, the husband, or the not the husband, but the father, you are going to need to make sure that you have your dots dotted, your eyes dotted, and your teeth slashed. I would spend the $45 to get software to do it at least put something in writing and sign it and get it notarized at least start legal zoom's okay if you're super wealthy legal zoom's a disaster the more you get into complicated the more you want to spend money my trust is being done by michelle lerman i'm a wealthy dude with multiple properties with lots of accounts with a lot of wealth She's not cheap. You pay top. You don't pay top dollar, but you pay a good dollar for a good attorney. And they're worth every penny. 
You can find her at LermanLaw.com. Now, you're a single mother. You recently acquired life insurance. I need to know why. Okay, so in case you die, the kids get it. What type of life insurance? Did you get whole life? Bad idea. Did you get variable life? Bad idea. Did you get term life? That's a good idea, but first things first, you need six months of emergency funds. You also start, need to start thinking about you. Kids aren't cheap, so you're probably working pretty damn hard to put diapers on their butt, education in their head, stimulation in their bodies. So I hope you sit down with yourself. And Claudia, I'll send you out my book. Um, free, no charge. It's a PDF. I'm not going to send. I'm not going to send you out an eight dollar book, but I'll send you out a PDF of it. Start educating yourself on finances. Start educating yourself on money issues. I highly, highly recommend it. Even if it's in a passive manner. You got two kids. You're a single mother. You can't afford bad financial product. You with me? Are you with me or are you against me? Hi-oh! Um, so it's over, everyone. I know you're saying over. Nothing is over until we say it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. And it ain't over now. Um, before we go, Dow's up 40, NASDAQ's up 20, S&P 500 up 5. Ten-year treasury is under 2%. That's telling you the world economy is struggling. Home builders are a little less gloomy. They've started a big move. I talked about that big move a week ago on my YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Carnival Cruise, stock moving higher after a couple rough days. Tesla, they lost two key employees. That stock's been battered and fried. McDonald's trades at an all-time high yet again. Nike right near an all-time high. There's some good stories out there. If you're not finding them, you're not looking for them. I'm going to take a 22-hour break. Be live in studio tomorrow. I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. If you want to copy my books, send an email to rob at robblack.com. If you want to copy those portfolios that someone else put together, but they're a good cheat sheet. Don't forget, I got a seminar coming up in Pleasanton. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. That's three Thursdays from now, so basically two weeks. Of golf preservation, retirement planning. I love those events. Love meeting you. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. AM 1220, KDO Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.